0: online podcast instant analysis following Alabama's 42 to 35 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks Saturday afternoon at Bryant Denny Stadium. The Crimson Tide, once again, 10 wins before the SEC championship game. and it will be another SEC championship game appearance for Alabama. Its ninth trip to the SEC title tilt. In the last 14 years, thanks in part to what turned out to be a pretty thrilling win over a 21-point underdog in the Arkansas Razorbacks. Alabama with 671 total yards in the game, including a single-game record 559 passing from quarterback Bryce Young. You know, remember a couple years ago when we thought generational was actually going to mean that when we were talking about... Tua Tonga and the things that he was doing behind the the uh, behind center at quarterback, well, uh, that didn't really hold up so well, right? Not much of a shelf life on that tag for Tua Tonga because Bryce Young, thirty-one of forty-five, fifty-nine, five more touchdowns, fourth game this season with four more touchdown passes for Bryce Young, and even Mac Jones last year with a season sort of for all time. Uh, in that regard as well. But the Crimson Tide gets it done over some pesky Razorbacks. Arkansas time and time again looked as if it was on the verge of maybe falling out of competition or being competitive in this game. But to their credit, again, Sam Pittman, he does have a culture in place. I think it is at least safe to say that with Arkansas football under Sam Pittman, they keep coming at you. We'll see how recruiting sort of measures up. For them, Because that's ultimately one of the big dividers, as we know, in college athletics. But K.J. Jefferson, 22 of 30, 326. We saw Alabama go to the bullpen in the secondary. You saw it at the star position with Brian Branch taking over there from Malachi Moore. You also saw it at left cornerback, right, where Kool-Aid McKinstry entered the game there later in the second half for Josh Job after Job was in coverage on a couple of explosive plays by Arkansas standout wide receiver Traylon Burks. We talked about Traylon Burks in the lead up to the game. We talked about him in five predictions for the game and the big guy delivered. 8 catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns, a long of 66. Um and what kind of was a problem as well was it in the first half anyway? Arkansas got it from some other guys, too. Well, with an emphasis on Warren Thompson, he had the 40-yarder that set up the short touchdown run there for Arkansas in the second quarter, and so, you know, you go into half with a 10-point lead, and some of the things we talked about going into the game with an emphasis on third downs, right, because as far as third down defense goes, you're talking about the two top teams in the SEC in that regard. Offensive proficiency on third down, that was far more in the corner of Alabama going into the game. Alabama leading all of FBS in third down conversions. And at the end of the night, when you looked at third downs, it was pretty much a draw. Arkansas converted 7 of 16 on third, Alabama 6 of 11 on third, but fourth down, right? That was huge for Arkansas in the game, including the fake field goal there. Uh, in the second half that really extended the game when you think about it. Alabama's in a situation where it is up by 13. You know Arkansas in that spot, even though it's earlier in the fourth quarter, you know Alabama is in field goal safe. In other words, yeah, they may bring some pressure up front, but some guys at the safety and linebacker position, their job in that situation is to make sure the ball gets kicked. As long as the ball gets kicked, they've done their job. Well, you had a situation between an official uh, and DeMarco Helms on the play. Uh, You had a situation with Henry Toa Toa in the middle of the field where between the holder giving the run action after the snap and also the right wing on the Arkansas field goal extra point team, he swings around. So between those two things, it looked like Henry got influenced and you get Blake Kern, the tight end, behind. You got a rubbed off Demarco Helms by the official, and the next thing you got is a six-point game, at thirty-four to twenty-eight. And there is still, still a ton of time left in the game. At that point, very much a football game there in the fourth quarter. And so, once again, though Bryce Young and that offense comes through, gets that separation once again. On a third-and-five play, you're looking at third-and-five from the Arkansas 35-yard line. You're not really feeling great about your field goal position at that point because you've seen Will Reichard come up short from 47. Now he's going the other way earlier in the game from 47 where he comes up short. But still, you're talking about from the Arkansas 35, you're thinking 52 yards. Well, you get a false start on Emil Acquiora. On top of that, so now you're really in a situation of convert this third and long, or you're punting the football back to Arkansas up six. Well, Bryce Young and Jamison Williams do what they do, and Bryce goes up top. Jamison Williams does make the catch, it looked a little shaky there at first. In real time, you could sort of see the ball get into the left Uh Crook, I guess you could say. I'm making up a word maybe for where the forearm and the bicep come together. You can see the the front of the football kind of squirt through there, but Jameson did enough that even upon review, the ruling on the field stood. It wasn't confirmed, if you'll notice. It did stand, and Jamison Williams, another huge game, eight for 190. So between... Jamison Williams and Traylon Burks, the NFL scouts in attendance, had to like what they saw. Three more touchdown catches for Jamison Williams. John Mechie, 10 catches for 173. One of the more quiet 173s you'll ever see because, again, Jamison Williams, in terms of finding the end zone, and not just finding the end zone, but doing it on explosive plays time and time again, he averages over 23 yards per catch in the game. Nice night for Mechie in terms of yards per catch. It hadn't been that kind of season for John, but he does go for 17.3 per catch. The running game for Alabama, it was a prototype Brian Robinson performance, wasn't it? Especially without really any presence from a backup running back in the game. 27 for 122 for the super senior It was a grinder. He had a long run of 15 yards in the game. He averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Didn't get in the end zone. That's a rarity for Brian Robinson. But when you got Bryce Young throwing for five, it's hard for anybody else to have the end zone to kind of uh, make reservations for. You did see the backups, and yes, I'm going to count. I'm going to count Christian Leary as a running back on that touchdown catch of his. Uh, there in the second half, he entered the game. Brian Robinson came out. I think that was 11 personnel. Uh, they split out Christian Larry initially with an empty formation, then brought him in motion, and he was sort of the safety valve out there in the right flat. And once Bryce broke the pocket, he really put that defender in conflict, as you saw. It was either stay with Larry, or you got to worry about Bryce Young's legs. Uh, and the potential for him to make a big play there and maybe even get into the end zone. The defender sucked up uh, with uh, Bryce Young, and Bryce did a great job like he often does once he breaks the pocket of keeping his eyes up and keeping himself aware of his options. Flips it out there to Christian Leary. Christian Leary's only touch in the game, goes 11 yards for a touchdown. Trey Sanders um, had a big reception in his own right. One catch for 36 yards also there in the second half. Uh, Trey had a carry for three yards down there uh, in the red zone. And, you know, Bryce had a couple of runs himself. I want to say 13 and 14 yards that were wiped away by holds from Darian Dawcourt at center and Damian George at right tackle. And, you know, Nick Saban didn't seem happy in the post-game news conference about the hold that washed away the Bryce Young uh, touchdown run. And and kind of complimented many thing, uh complicating things there. Yeah, I got it. Complicating things there uh, was the situation where Bryce also takes the, the loss for 16 yards a couple of snaps later. Uh, you had the hold that wiped away the touchdown, so that puts you in second and goal from the 14-yard line. You get a one-yard completion to Jamison Williams. So now you're looking at third and goal from the 13. And Bryce trying to make something happen, you know. You don't ever really fault guys for that, but there are certain situations as a quarterback. It, it stinks. Guys like Tua tonga we saw in the national championship game in January of 2018, right? Guys like Tua tonga guys like Mac Jones, guys like uh, Bryce Young, they don't want to give up on a play. They, they hate to. They absolutely despise giving up on plays, but sometimes that's what you've got to do for the good of the team. Bryce took the 16-yard loss, and then you end up a yard short on the field goal attempt from 47 by Will Reichert, and that too gave Arkansas some sort of extended life in the game. Now, Will came back and made the 30-yarder, I believe it was a possession later, so Alabama goes up 34-21. But, again, a lot of credit to Arkansas, a lot of credit to Traylon Burks. Obviously, he was not at 100%. He looked like Mike Evans back in 2012-2013 for Texas A&M in a lot of ways. uh, Perhaps he got away with being a little handsy. Travis Ryer here with a reminder to check out the newest sponsor for the Bama Online Podcast, home field apparel go to home field apparel for the very best in ua apparel that's where you're going to find it homefieldapparel.com they've got the vintage gear that is so popular these days and a big black friday sale coming up at homefieldapparel.com you can take advantage by getting 20 percent off during the duration of the sale which runs from friday november the 26th to monday november the 29th and either way, you're going to get 15% off your initial purchase at homefieldapparel.com by inputting BAMA247 at checkout. Once again, a warm welcome to the newest sponsor, the BAMA Online Podcast, Homefield Apparel. In some situations, as a six foot three, 220 pound receiver, that's the way it's going to go sometimes. And now, the Alabama offense, conversely, the line of scrimmage was a big point of emphasis going into this game. How was that going to look to open the game? Well, we got our answer. In fact, Charlie Potter and his pregame updates, as you see with us on the round table there at BamaOnline.com, did a great job of spotting that early on Saturday afternoon at Bryant Denny Stadium. It was Damian George once again getting the start at right tackle. Darian Dahlcourt back over the football at center. Javion Cohen, after missing last Saturday against New Mexico State, was in there at left guard. And George had his struggles early. You know, there's no, there's no sugarcoating that. Gave up a sack in the first quarter. They went for it on fourth and short. Don't ask me why they didn't try to run behind Evan Neal instead of the right side of the offensive line. They did and got stuffed. Um. So it wasn't perfect for Damian George. I did think, though, as the game went on, uh, he did better. Uh, he was improved as the game went on. Again, did he? He did have the hold that I think Nick Saban found to be pretty questionable there uh, later in the game that wiped away the Bryce Young touchdown. But. Um, that looks like the group that they plan to move forward with, also based on some of the things we heard from Nick Saban in the post So there you go. That's the Alabama offensive line. From an injury perspective, before you could even settle into your easy chair or your bleacher seat at Bryant-Denny Stadium, you were greeted by some unwelcome news in the form of an injury to starting defensive tackle, nose tackle, DJ Dale, who apparently in the pregame warm-ups tweaked a knee that he's had fixed already, according to Nick Saban in the postgame, a couple of times. Saban said afterward he thought it was more of a scare than anything else. It looked like initial test came back negative. So that was some good news for Alabama on the injury front. Otherwise, just on first glance, it looks like Alabama came out of the game and. Well, pretty good shape, and again, with that, Alabama can head to the Iron Bowl knowing that it has already wrapped up its place in the SEC championship game coming up here in a couple Saturdays at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Yeah, Georgia Bulldogs, going to be tough, going to be a tough matchup. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I will say this, man, I will say this. I don't know if this team plays well enough consistently to win that game in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I do know it's got a couple of heroes types and it's got one on offense for sure, more than one. But when you've got one of your top, not only players, but a guy that you know in that big situation coming up in a couple of weeks, Bryce Young isn't going to back up. You know, Bryce Young isn't going to uh, cower to the situation against Georgia You know George is going to get his best. Uh, And then defensively, with what Will Anderson continues to give you, three and a half more tackles for loss for Will. Eleven total tackles, which, again, I think that's the stat that maybe goes overlooked in all this with Will Anderson. This guy plays outside linebacker, and it seems like we talk about him in terms of double-digit tackles on almost a weekly basis. He had eight solos, excuse me, seven solos, in the game, he had another sack. Uh, he had three and a half more tackles for loss, two more quarterback hurries. So, just a monster. We talk about generational players. Maybe we're talking more about that with Will Anderson this year than we are anyone else on this roster. And it's a big day as we get closer to the end of the season and the Heisman Trophy talk ramps up. It was a big day, I thought, more so for Bryce Young. I'm down with pushing Will Anderson for the Heisman Trophy, but there's the realistic side of me that says he's not going to win the award. So you go with your guys that are more viable based on what the award is right now. And for Alabama right now, that's still Bryce Young. And, boy, C.J. Stroud was hellacious earlier in the day for Ohio State. Based on my timeline, it felt like the award was going to go ahead and be sent up to Columbus, Ohio, because he was absolutely tremendous in blowing out Michigan State, which, look, Michigan State ended up being who we thought they were. Today on a neutral site, who would you pick? And not just knowing what you know about today's outcomes, but uh, let's say, hell, maybe they'll play in a bowl game. Michigan State or Arkansas on a neutral field at a neutral site today. Yeah, It would at least be... Something you would have to think long and hard about, right? That's kind of the team that Michigan State, no disrespect to Mel Tucker. He's done a great job. He's about to cash in immensely. Uh, Good for him. Former Saban assistant was very well liked during his short time in Tuscaloosa. Very well respected by the players. So good for Mel Tucker. But come on, Michigan State or Arkansas? Yeah, you'd at least have to think about it, right? So there you go. Alabama 42, Arkansas 35, trying to think if I'm missing anything here, maybe special teams you would like to talk about. Not a lot to talk about there. I thought James Burnip did a good job. He had the one opportunity there in the first half to first quarter, I guess, to really put Arkansas in the hole, and he did just that with a nice uh, pooch punt down inside the the Arkansas 10 that I believe was caught on the fly, right, by Kyrie Jackson, the reserve corner. Slade Bolden had a muff of an attempted punt return there in the first half. Fortunately for him, he got back on the football, and you know Will Riker did have the miss from 47 yards out, but he got Alabama on the board early with a nice 48-yarder. And again, maybe the direction of kicks today in the stadium was affected by Uh, which way you were going, because the 48-yarder to the north end, not a problem. The 47-yarder, and maybe he didn't catch it on the panel the way he wanted to. The 47-yarder was right down the middle, but came up just a little bit short. So defensively, Will Anderson, once again, huge. Henry Toa Toa, 13 total tackles, two sacks for Henry, three tackles for loss. So yeah, a lot of folks are going to beat that drum about the fake field goal and what his role might have been in that, but still, all in all, a big, big day for Henry Toa Toa. DeMarco Hellams with 11 tackles, eight solos. I thought tackling by the safeties for the most part was pretty good. DeMarco had a miss on K.J. Jefferson there on the third and 16 play that set Arkansas up for the fourth and short, which it converted, and then went on to score. So that looked pretty big at the time. But for the most part, I thought Helms in battle tackled pretty well. It's going to be fascinating to see what this team does against Auburn next week in terms of the one-corner spot where Kool-Aid McKinstry entered the game for Josh Job. and also at Star where Brian Branch came in and finished the game in place of Malachi Moore. So a lot of things to consider. That's the way this season has been with this football team, right? It seems like we can't just get a handle or a feel or a grasp for exactly what this team is or what it's going to be even in a week from now. And for me, that's problematic. For me, that's problematic. You're going into your 12th game of the season and – It seems like on a weekly basis, it moves from offensive line to now depth at running back to now, well, hell, what about the secondary? What about the one corner spot that you felt like you had absolutely nailed down to the extent where you could take away a half of the field? That was your expectation at that corner spot going into the season was we can man up over there and commit extra people and numbers to other areas of the defense and you know, not have to really worry about it. Well, now you're going into an iron bowl, wondering exactly what you're going to do at that spot, Branch or Malachi Moore, uh, at the star defensive back. Uh, that's impacted in terms of the money position. You know, if you're not going to play Malachi or or if he can't play or whatever it is in the in the in the nickel, then he's not going to play in the dime. I wouldn't think when Branch would typically go to the money, although against Arkansas on Saturday, we saw Daniel Wright come on as the sixth defensive back with Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms at the safety. So uh, just still question marks with his teams. And and again, more concerning is the fact that there's questions at areas going into the season you thought were were just totally stabilized that you would have no questions about. That's sort of been the theme of this team throughout the 2021 season. But again, it ends with an SEC Western Division title and a ninth appearance coming up in 14 years in the Southeastern Conference Championship game. That's going to do it for instant analysis following Alabama's 42-35 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll have continuing coverage throughout the weekend of Alabama's 10th win of the season. Where does Alabama go from here? Well, we know Alabama goes to the Plains next Saturday to take on the Auburn Tigers at last check this evening. Auburn up early on South Carolina on the road, 14 to nothing. The Tigers looking for, what is it, eighth win of the season it would be for Auburn? I guess, yeah, something like that. All right, well, we'll have plenty of coverage for you again. We'll have plenty of basketball coverage as well. Big week of hoops coming up. For Nate Oates, is 4-0 Crimson Tide as they head to Orlando to take part in the ESPN Events Invitational, where they will see in their first-round game down there Rick Pitino and Iona rematch from the 2021 NCAA Tournament. You also have Belmont and Drake on Alabama's side of the bracket and the potential If Alabama gets to a championship game appearance, maybe they see Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, Bill Self, and the Kansas Jayhawks maybe down the road. Once again, Travis Schreier thanking you for joining us at BamaOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us here on the Bama Online podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the podcast? Simple as a click or two. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review while you're there, we greatly appreciate that as well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody.